0: Okay, Golf WRX, it's the newest episode of The Gear Dive. I'm your host, Johnny Wonder, and uh, we're not going to talk about gear today. We're going to go scorched earth on this HBO Tiger Woods documentary. Uh, I was compelled to, I watched it, unfortunately, and uh, I was compelled to talk about it today because it represents a lot of what's wrong with obviously HBO and and what happens when people that don't know anything about a subject matter, try to figure out a subject matter and make a big pile of dog. I'm not going to say it. Um, so let's just, let's just kick it off here. Um, obviously I didn't like it. So my review is in, I'm giving it nine thumbs down because it's an abomination and it's, it's just not good. So let's just start from the beginning. So, it's hard to, it's like super hard to just gather my thoughts because it was just so dumb. Um, so the first point that they try to make, and they have this great kind of opening six seconds of like Tiger and his greatness, and then they go into Earl Woods, and they go into Earl Woods prophesizing at the Haskins dinner when he's like, my son's gonna change the world and humanitarian that no one's ever seen, and this and that, and blah 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 blah. So the first thing that you guys need to understand, and I don't know Earl Woods, that I don't even know Tiger Woods. Never, never met him in my life. But I know enough about, you know, the world to understand a proud father and an egocentric father and a father that looked at his son as more of a creation, you know, more of a something he created rather than a son. He had a plan for Tiger and the plan came to fruition in you know, a military guy, you know, plan executed. And, you know, that's the recipe of what happens when You mold something and you shape something and every time you shape it a little bit more, it gets greater and stronger and faster. And by the time he's 18 or 19 years old, the guy, the kids won everything and touched everything he's touched is, you know, it's hard not to think that way. If you have a child like that, you know, I, 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 I protected him and I pushed him and I did this and he reciprocated and he dealt with the pressure and he learned and he flourished and he evolved. And now like we're at the Haskins dinner. And he won, you know, college player of the year. He's got a U.S. Amateurs and 50,000 tournaments hanging on the wall. Like everything I've done with this kid has worked. So what's not to think that if I push him in this direction, he's not going to become Jesus Christ. Um, So was Earl Woods crazy when he said that? Probably a little, uh, very little out there. At, At no point... In, in, in history to Tiger Woods, does anybody in the media, anybody that's in the golf world ever think that Tiger bought into the fact that he was going to be the next Gandhi? I think we all understood that that was Earl's version of what was going down and Tiger had his own version, his own plans. Um, the only thing that they aligned on is they both knew that Tiger Woods is a great golfer. Like, but you know who Tiger was going to become as a man? Like, you know, Earl said what he said and you can tell Tiger's like Tiger at no point in his career when he was young or old has he ever, prophesized great humanitarian feats it's like when Katrina happened it's not like Tiger Woods was down there blessing the the weak and and, and you know building houses and, and splitting the atom he's just never been that guy that's what Earl was selling but it's not who he was and everybody knows that everybody knows that and Tiger Woods never tried to be that person so why is that in the like? Why would you kick off a documentary that way? Like, why would you? Why, why would that be your opening scene? Just, just to literally show how proud and maybe overly proud his father was, and maybe a father that truly really didn't really understand, wasn't reading the room because of his own ego and because of the, of the of the, uh, the echo chamber in his head that he created around the version of what he thought his son would be. Does that make t- Earl Woods? The devil? No, it makes him a super proud father. It's probably a little misguided. Okay. Second thing is, I don't need to know because we all know this: that Earl Woods, the father, was a womanizer, an alcoholic, not a, not the greatest you know example for a young man. Uh, we know that. Is he unique? No. There's a ton of people out there that are like that, that raise kids. So, you know, that doesn't. It's not like he was the most tyrant most alcoholic, most abusive, most bad husband, most womanizing man ever that ever lived. No, he wasn't. He's not setting any like world records for that. So you have to kind of put that to bed because that extreme is kind of tossed to the side. So that's kind of what they were trying to sell at the beginning of this thing was it's the Earl show. And Earl's got his little puppet and he's molding his puppet and his puppets watching him and everything that Earl does behind the scenes is affecting this little puppet. And oh yeah, now we understand why tiger did everything he did. Right. At no point during the documentary that I saw did anybody really talk about tiger's passion and love for the game. It always, it was all always sold as like, this is the path that Coltita and Earl put put on tiger liked it just enough to buy in and, we got this obviously tiger loved to play golf. Like he loved it. And they really tried to work hard to make it sound like he wasn't that into it, but he really liked his dad and he didn't want to let his mom down. That's kind of how it, how it was sold, which to me is like just a crock of a crock of crap. Nobody gets to tiger's level. If you don't love what you're doing, I'm sorry. Like go ask Todd Marinovich. like, his dad forced him into football and didn't feed him a cheeseburger until he was like 23. And, you know, people crumble under those under those conditions if they don't like what they're doing. They don't succeed like Tiger did. So he's obviously having a pretty damn good time doing what he was doing. So they go through this whole thing, and I really liked the fact – one of the few things that I liked is they, they did bring some people uh, – his ex-girlfriend – whose, like, last name was Parr, which, you know, you can't you can't make that up. It's just kind of a cool thing. But she did a really good job. Like, And that was somebody that knew Tiger on a non-golf level, outside of the Earl Coltita bubble, and he's obviously a very happy kid. Um, do I think that Tiger was, like, escaping his household with her and just busting loose? No, I don't. I think Tiger... Um, Was you know, was a nice guy, a happy kid, you know, by nature, and his home life probably was a little tense because of what he was choosing to do with his life, and you know, the family had a plan, and that plan was in that vacuum, and you know, she had that letter that he wrote when they broke up, that made it sound, made Tiger sound harsh, and made Earl and Coltita sound harsh, and it was harsh, but that's what happens when. You have two parents that are on a plan and a kid that's like pretty much bought into that plan and is 100% on board with becoming the greatest golfer in the world. And I think Coltita and Earl said, You got to shut this thing down and write this letter and you don't, know, you know, they're going to cut her off. It's brutal and it's savage. But does that equal. Does that make Tiger Woods like a bad person because he did that as like a 17 year old kid? No. It's like. Kids do heinous stuff to each other in their teens. Like, a breakup letter that cold is not the worst thing that a high school kid has done to another high school kid. So it was interesting to watch, no doubt, but like, is that the most brutal thing that kids do to each other? No, it's not. <laughs> like, it's not. I'm sorry. It was sold that way, unfortunately. It was sold like, oh. Like he wrote this letter like, oh, you, like that's so cold and there's just no emotion behind it. And, you know, the girl that, that he did it to had a ton of class. I got to give her credit. She was like, I, you know, I had to treat it like it was a death and I was heartbroken because she was a teenager at the time and she understood enough to, to know that, you know, what was going on and, and she had a broken heart and like that part I felt bad for her. But it's, you know, there's worse ways to get broken up with than what she dealt with. So... So there's that, and you know, then they bring in this assistant pro guy who actually seems like a very, very sweet man. And it would have been interesting to bring him in to talk about Tiger um, as a junior golfer and how much he did love the game, and, and and you know how he developed as a man and as a personality and this and that, and start to take out some of the great things that makes Tiger Tiger, not the things that led to his stone cold killer glare. But the things about golf and about tiger woods as a young kid that were like inspiring, like, no, the kid would show up to the golf course and, you know, Earl would leave him there and Earl would go do what he's going to do. Go do. And then tiger, this is what tiger would do with the golf course. Like, he'd get here and he'd go practice over here and he'd go talk to these older guys. like, there was none of that stuff. It was like, no, like he would get here and Coltito would walk around the golf course. And then Earl had that Winnebago and, you know, we'd have some fun in that Winnebago. At no point did you talk about Tiger Woods, the kid, having fun in the golf course and what he was doing because that's what actually is, would be new information. It's like, what was he like as a kid practicing and chipping? Like, would he, is he out there all day? Like, who else did he hang around with? Was there other kids that he would play with? You know, was there any other kind of interaction or was it just like him and Coltito, you know, hitting flighted nine irons from 100 yards and Earl's, you know, doing whiskey sours in the in Winnebago? Because that's, that's the story that they told was like, oh, this poor kid. And it's like, of course he's a poor kid. His dad's kind of a, his dad's a knuckle brain. But we already knew that. We know that that Earl Woods is not the moral compass of the world. We know that Earl Woods is not anybody's spiritual advisor at this point. It's been told. So let's move past that and start to create some... Some, some narratives around what Tiger was actually like as a kid. So like a nine-year-old kid or a 12-year-old kid that actually happens to watch this piece of garbage would be like, oh, wow, like Tiger loved it, but he also like sort of loved to play sports, which I know for a fact because I've heard it enough in from different people in the media and people that have interviewed Tiger, Tiger loved to play other sports. The way that they made it sound was that the teachers were like, wow, you're really hung up on golf and your dad seems to have a pretty heavy hand. Like maybe you should try basketball the fact of the matter is is Tiger loved to play all those sports. Personally loved to play all those sports. Wasn't the greatest athlete ever. He was really good at golf. And maybe Earl shut down the rest of the stuff, but it wasn't like Tiger didn't get to play any other sports. Like he did. He played a ton of sports. So it wasn't like he got shut down there. He just he wasn't very good at them. So <laughs> he didn't play him. That's not what was sold on the in the documentary. I mean, it sound like every single time Tiger would, like want to go play ping pong, Earl would come in and go, "Nope, you're not playing ping pong." That's how was sold. Like if you watch the documentary, that's, that's what that te- like that ninth grade teacher comes in and was like, oh, "I try to get him to play basketball," and Earl just wouldn't have it. He was just a real tough guy to deal with. It's like that didn't happen. I'm sure Earl was a tough guy to deal with, but Tiger wasn't like prohibited from playing other sports. Come on, don't. It's not. It's two things can be true at the same time. Tiger could have loved sports and try to play other sports and not be good. And his father could, could have kiboshed it with the teachers. Both things can be true at the same time. HBO doesn't like, didn't oh, obviously didn't like that reality. They liked, no, he got shut down from anything, but golf just wasn't good enough. So we continue. So you have this, this teacher, this assistant pro that's on there. And, he goes into this, like, I don't know what the word is. I want to, I don't know if it's like virtue signaling. I don't know if that's the word I want to use or or whatever it is, but he does this thing where he's like, God, oh, we were, we were just really bad. And, you know, sorry, champ. Like, you know, didn't mean to give you that bad example. And I'm really sorry for everything we did almost taking full responsibility for the way that tiger ended up. But tiger woods is a 44 year old man that's made mistakes but he hasn't blown up the world. He hasn't killed anybody. He's a great father. He's a gr- obviously the greatest golfer that ever lived. He's—if you look at the—the the total story, Tiger Woods has done a phenomenal job. Like he's done great. He's made a billion dollars. You know, he tried to go scorched earth with the family and was able to repair it. The word I hear is that him and his ex-wife Elon actually get along and are very, very good co-parents. Uh, a totally flawed, damaged kid doesn't do that. So stop with the tears and all of your guilt and everything you feel bad for. Like that's on you, bro. Because unfortunately, yes, the guy Tiger Woods went scorched earth and hooked up with a bunch of girls. Is that totally because you and Earl are knuckleheads? Uh, no, dude. I'm sorry. You're not factoring into the. You're not factoring in the rest of the things that come into play, like who he's hanging out with, his own personal needs as a human being, uh, you know, a sexual being, the th- his own fantasies. I understand that parents have an influence on their kids, but it's not like black and white to the point where it's like, my dad did this equals that's my view of the world, so that's what I'm going to end up being. It's not that simple. There's way more elements in life that come into play. HBO tried to sell it like, you have this assistant pro and this domineering mom and this crazy dad that's out there liquoring and teaching girls and, and hooking up with them in the Winnebago. And... Now this poor child's 21, doesn't know what to do. And of course, he's just going to, he's going to follow the same path. No, 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 no. Now, do I think that there is a element of the way that Earl lived his life that Tiger could justify in his own head? Sure. Sure. That's an element of what Ed Tiger ended up doing. If you're talking about the scandal. Sure. 100%. It didn't, it didn't help. We'll say that. Like, the way Earl Woods didn't help the situation. But ultimately, like, what Tiger did in, from 2007 or t- whenever it was to 2009 until he got busted. Sorry, dude, like, 85% of that was on Tiger Woods. 90% of it was on Tiger Woods. 95% of it was on Tiger Woods. And he made his own decisions. He was like a 30 year you know, late 20s, early 30s 30-year-old, 30-year-old man. It's like he was a kid. He just did some stupid stuff multiple times with multiple people. And he got busted. But we already know that story. The point of this whole thing is like, you're trying to paint this picture of why this scandal happened in the first hour and a half of this documentary. There's golf in there, sure. But the whole point of showing the golf was to build up and keep filling up the balloon so that at the end of this piece of garbage, they can pop it. It wasn't to figure out his greatness. It wasn't to get into the nuance even deeper and give us some new information into his greatness or into his commitment or into like what really makes made him tick as a younger guy, stuff that we don't know. No, it was all about building up the balloon, filling it up with air, filling it up with air, US Open, Masters, PGA, money, boats, blah, 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 boom, Rachel, you could tell at the end, pop the balloon. That's all they're interested in doing, which is the Hollywood slander stupid, pathetic, idiotic way because they don't know enough about golf. Nobody in golf in the golf community talks about the Tiger Woods scandal anymore. Go on golf.com, go on golf WRX, go on any big publication in golf, go on NBC, golf channel. Nobody talks about the scandal anymore because nobody cares. It was 11 years ago. There's so much more to Tiger Woods than what happened, you know, Thanksgiving night in 2009. So many things have happened since then. Great things. The guy fell from grace morally. Okay? Came back on the scene, played some really, really good golf, completely fell apart physically, had the chipping yips, went off the face of the earth, nobody saw him, got like a you know the lowest of the low physically, and then he won the masters in two thousand nineteen. That's what we know. That he's trying to to win number eighty three and number sixteen. Because that's where he's at in his life right now. That's the story that we need to tell. HBO spent an hour and a half, almost an hour and 45 minutes telling the story, building us up to the crescendo that'll be episode two, which will be all about the scandal. And I guarantee there ain't going to be a whole lot of golf talk in this second episode. It's going to be scandal, 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 scandal. Oh yeah, by the way, he came back and... Uh, Oh, by the way, he got a DUI. He took a bunch of sleeping pills and got busted. Uh, The whole world already knows that. We've seen the pictures. We've seen it all. And they conveniently throw him walking into... That's another piece of crap. Him walking in when he's going in to take his pictures for his DUI bust. That's like in the first two minutes of this documentary. It's like Earl Woods talking about how great his son's going to be, and then him walking into the police station. Where do you think the motives are there? Do you think there's any intention of us, of HBO telling the the story of a a, a really interesting, fruitful, flawed, inspirational life. No, it's like, let's see how much crap we can stick into this balloon before we pop it. That's the only intention they have. And people that don't know anything about golf or about the game or really know anything about Tiger Woods, the only thing they're going to worry about is the scandal. Because that's all they can grasp. So some genius at HBO... And even the people that wrote the book, and I'm going to gonna go off on a, on a tangent on these guys, I could be hard-pressed. Like, if I sat down with the two authors of the book, sure, they've interviewed people that I haven't had access to. I'm sure they've, they've, they've done their journalism, <laughs> like running around town getting all these little scoops on Tiger Woods. I still know more about Tiger Woods than these guys do in my sleep all day long. They don't, what do they know? They know one element of his life. They know the dysfunction, because that's all that book's about. Is a dysfunction. People would say like Steve Williams' books is about the Tiger Woods dysfunction. Hank Haney's books about the, uh, the Tiger Woods dysfunction. I wouldn't say that those are true at all. The Steve Williams book and the Hank Haney book are about two guys that sat front row center to the to the in front of the sun for years and years and years and years and years. And, years, and not only did they get burnt, but they have stories to tell about sitting in front of the sun for that long. So to think that you're going to go through that experience and not have some scars of course they both have scars tiger hurt them both they both had you know a little bit of bitterness for tiger but if you read both of those books those are both the journals of people that stood next to greatness for a long period of time and it was more in out of respect and just like a personal journal of what it was like to be around that for that long it's, especially Haney's. Haney's wasn't a negative thing at all. He doesn't take any pot shots at Tiger Woods. Like He calls it like it is, but ultimately it's a fan of Tiger Woods telling the story of what it was like to be around Tiger Woods. And to think that, what did you think the Hank Haney book was going to say? Like, oh, he got up at 4 a.m., made the whole family eggs. Like, he was super social with his kids. He did No. The guy's an assassin. The guy gets up. He barely talks to anybody. He's probably a dick to be around most of the time. He's probably super stubborn, like all the great ones are. You know, he's, he's not super emotional. He's not going to sit down with Hank and talk about his feelings. It'd probably be pretty cold because that's what a lot of those top athletes are like, especially in golf, because they're in a vacuum. They're in their own little tiny world. Like, that's how it is. So what did you expect him to be like? Like, what do you expect caddying for Tiger Woods to be like? Just like super rosy all the time? Like, how do you think he get got to that position by being like super awesome to everybody all the time? That's not how it works. But it's the fun stuff for people to talk about. It's like, ooh, he wasn't very nice to him. And, oh, wow, he really screwed him over. I'm sure he did. But that's that's what it's like being around the sun. You get burnt. What did you expect? It's how it works. Like, you watch The Last Dance with Michael Jordan and all those guys. Did Michael Jordan sound like the funnest dude to be around all the time? No, he was a savage. What did you expect? How do you think you win six NBA championships and become the greatest basketball player of all time? by, like, being the most polite, uh, amenable person on the planet, that's not how it works. I'm sorry. It's just not how it works. And to think that, that, that it is, is you're, you're, you're stupid. I'm sorry. If you think that that's just what happens, and obviously he needs to be a nice person and just morally perfect. No, sorry. It's, when we find that person, let me know. I'd like to write a story on him. That, just that lily white person that's just gone through life perfect, done everything right, never made any mistakes, like, you know, helps, you know, elderly lady across the street, pays all his bills, pays his taxes, never takes a shortcut, never, I want to meet that person. When you find him, let me know, because he'll be one of one. Um, so, on with this documentary. So, we got past the guy that was crying for no reason, um, although he seems like a very, very sweet man, um, you know, they brought in his friend. I forget her name, but she's like she had you know an honest opinion, honest take of what was going on. Like she seemed to know a little bit about um, what Tiger was struggling with. It sounded like you know they had a relationship where they would talk a lot. Um, I don't know the status of their relationship anymore, but it, she seemed like a cool girl. I forget her name. Um, I've never seen her before. Um, Steve Williams being in there to me, I guarantee Steve Williams had no idea what this documentary was about. Because Steve Williams doesn't seem the type of person anymore that even wants to get in the mud with this whole thing, nor does he even care about it anymore. Um, He seems to be really excited to talk about Tiger Woods as a great player. Now looking back on his time with him, he seems to be more inclined to do that than talk about the bad stuff with Tiger. And his interviews were planted in a way to sort of support the dysfunction. It wasn't to support the greatness very often. It was always to support how extreme Tiger was or how short-sighted he was to everybody else but golf um so you know i, I guarantee steve williams didn't really expect what this is going to be brian Gumble, i have no idea what he was doing there brian Gumble's is obviously a very very serious journalist very, very good reputation i've watched real sports for a long time i have no idea what that guy was doing in here i have no idea it made no sense why he was there he didn't really add anything to it. And actually he's, I felt bad for him. I'm like you, Brian, buddy, you don't even know what this documentary is about. This is a complete slander piece. Um, so, you know, you get to the end, like I said, the whole thing was this big balloon buildup to bring in (laughs) Rachel. You could tell at the very, very end, this weird like two minute shot where she's like straightening herself out, ready to go on camera and you know, to lead into the second episode, so obviously, you're going to go into the scandal. Um, they're going to go into the scandal, they're going to go into the DUI bus, and then at some point around minute 59 of the second episode, they'll probably get into the Masters victory and wrap it up from there. And if you are a golf fan, if you're a sports fan, forget the golf, if you're a sports fan and you admire the great athletes for what they do on the field and you don't expect athletes, all athletes to be our, our, our spiritual advisors or, you know, our life life runners. I would encourage you not to watch the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO because one, it's not a documentary. It is a three and a half hour in touch magazine, national, national Enquirer uh, article. At no point did HBO make any efforts to to study Tiger's greatness, to study his what really makes him tick as a human being. They made no efforts to do anything but to justify the fact that even the Great Ones fall and this one fell harder than everybody else did. That's all they were concerned about doing. And Alex Gibney and the directors and the people that made this documentary, they're very, very talented people. We had no business taking on a Tiger Woods documentary. And I would say that to Alex's face. I would say that to director's face. You had no business telling this story. You wasted a ridiculous amount of your own time, a, 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 a ridiculous amount of the money that could have gone to another independent filmmaker that probably had a better idea than yours to probably go make an independent film. You wasted time and resources. And like, it was a complete disaster. So, uh, don't watch it. It's <laughs> my advice. It's a piece of crap. Um, so anyway, that's uh, a short show this week, folks. I just wanted to go on, uh, go on a rant on this thing that we watched. Um, I'm not going to watch, like I said, I'm not going to watch the uh, second episode. Um, I have no interest in doing that. Um, because what, what, what am I going to, there's nothing to learn. There's nothing to know in that one, what are we going to learn? Like, there's no way that the people that made the first episode are going to have the capacity or the wherewithal to give us anything new in episode two. I already, already know what path they're on. So like, what's the point? Um, so anyway, that is the show for this week. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about a bunch of the new product That will launch. I can't talk about what it is now, but you will know. By the time the show airs next week, we'll be talking about uh, new products from some of the big OEMs. This is Johnny Wonder. This is the Gear Dive uh, P-Sheet. You guys listened to my rant this week. HBO, way to go, clowns. That was a real doozy. Uh, You guys take care of yourself. Bye.